Merry Christmas, Go Church. How you feeling tonight? Come on, anybody in the house love Jesus? Come on. On count of three, let me hear your very best Merry Christmas. One, two, three. And Merry Christmas to all of you. You look great, by the way. How about the kiddos? Where are the kiddos in the room? Make some noise, kids, if you're excited for Christmas. Come on now. Love that. And uh, welcome to our South Metro Atlanta campus. Many of you know this, but this is our broadcast campus. So every time we have a gathering, we have the beautiful opportunity and honor to live stream all the way to Germantown, Maryland, to our Germantown campus family. So everybody in the room, make some noise. Welcome Germantown on Christmas Eve. Come on. Love that. And then uh, God bless all of you watching online tonight. We uh, thank God for technology. And we know that with the whole COVID deal and all of that, some of you felt more comfortable being in your living room in your pajamas. Come on, your Christmas PJs. And you're tuning in via online. So we welcome everybody at our online campus. Many people, thousands of people watching all around the United States of America and also all around the globe. Come on, got a text message today, somebody watching from the UK. So if you're online tonight, we welcome you. Come on, welcome everybody online. Love that. And then uh, just one more group that I want to give honor to. We always do this, and especially on this type of night and the holiday season, I want to just honor all of the brave military men and women, all of those courageous first responders and the essential workers, many who are working tonight. Come on, we thank God for you. Many who are serving our country and protecting us. And so tonight on Christmas Eve 2020, we want to let you know how much we love, respect, and appreciate you. So of all of the applause of appreciation, let this be your highest applause, honoring the military, first responders, and essential workers. Come on, go church. There we go. How about a little bit louder? Come on, we love you. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas to everybody. And uh, again, so honored to have you here tonight. As a matter of fact, uh, there, there's a little thing that we do in our house. And uh, I don't necessarily know if it's a game or not a game. But we do this a lot, and maybe you're familiar with it. I'll go up to my kids, and I'll say to them, I'll say, hey, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. What do you want to hear first? How many have ever said that or you've heard that before, right? Okay, by a show of hands, let me see all of my bad news first folks. Where are you at? All right, Germantown as well. So I'm the same way. It's like anybody comes to me and say, I've got good news, I've got bad news. What do you want to hear first? I'm like, give me the bad news, and here's why we do that. I think it's because we hope that whatever the bad news is, the good news that we're waiting to hear, pardon the grammar, but it's going to be gooder than the bad news. Does that make sense? So just get it out of the way, give me all the bad news, and then hopefully the good news you share, again, is going to be better than the bad news you just told me. When I think about this statement, I think a lot about 2020. 2020 has been a year full of some good news, but a whole lot of bad news. I wish that there was an individual that told us on Christmas Eve of 2019, hey, you're about to go to 2020, I got some good news, and I got some bad news. How many of you would testify like that would have been a little bit of a help? What do you want to hear first? And we all would have said, of course, give me the bad news, but nobody said that to us, and we walked into 2020, and uh, it was full of great challenges and great struggle and some joys, but a lot of difficulties along the way, and I was thinking about this year, and I was thinking about even Christmas Eve planning weeks in advance, and I thought, you know, this is kind of like my Christmas Eve sermon. I got some good news, and I got some bad news, and I'm even going to throw in a little bit of fake news. Come on, you have to do that. <laughs> but I'm going to start with the bad news first. Is that all right? Here's the bad news. The bad news says this. The bad news tells us that Jesus 
never one time promised us an easy life. Most of you in this room, most of you online, most of you at our Germantown campus, uh, this statement is kind of like Captain Obvious. Don't you love Captain Obvious, the Hotels.com guy? Right? Like, yeah, of course, I know that life is not easy. Many of you have had some great challenges. And not just in 2020, but 2019, 2015, 1915, come on. Like generations of struggles and storms and obstacles and issues. And we think about just all of the ups and the downs and the difficulties and the struggle. Uh, many of you, you've adopted, especially in this year, the motto, I'm going to fake it till I make it. Right? Jesus never one time promised that life would be easy. As a matter of fact, the brother of Jesus, James, he says this in his writings. He says, my friends, consider yourselves fortunate when all kinds of troubles, plural, come your way. A couple of thoughts about this. But if anybody tells me to be fortunate when trouble comes, you are not my friend. Hello, come on. And he says, but I consider you to be friends. And one translation says, you should consider the storm. You should consider the trial. You should consider the trouble. You should consider it as an opportunity, as a blessing in disguise, if you will. James isn't the only member of this family, though, that talks about trouble. Jesus himself said in John 16, 33, said, in this world, you are going to have trouble. What kind of family is this? What kind of family is always talking about doom and gloom? I'll tell you, it's a family that knows a lot about trouble. A family where Jesus himself was born into trouble. Not only the sinfulness of this world, but Herod was trying to kill all of the babies under the age of two, trying to find out who this Messiah was. And then I think about even like the Christmas Eve night and the birth of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, the Messiah born of a virgin. And a big shout out to all you mamas that have birthed babies. Come on, but Imagine, imagine having to give birth in a barn, in a stable. Come on. And then a census was called. And so Joseph's like, hey, I got to put you on the back of a donkey. And we're going to have to go 90 miles. That's bad news, isn't it? There was no epidural back then. Come on, ladies, help me out for a moment. It's full of bad news. A family that knows all about trouble. Now, there is a little bit of good news sprinkled into this. Jesus does say, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But you can take heart because I have overcome the world. Now, the bad news is this. Life is not going to be easy. We've lost a lot of great people to COVID-19 in this year. A lot of you have been impacted, and uh, many people leaving home tonight quarantined and uh, under the weather, and some symptoms for individuals have been minor, and, and others have been major, and I've got two handfuls of names of people that, that didn't make it. I know that even pre-COVID, there was challenges, financial challenges, marital challenges, family issues, job problems, you name it. The, the laundry list of trouble is there. And Jesus never one time said that this life was going to be an easy life. And that's part of the bad news. Now, there is a little bit of fake news as well. And the fake news is this. Society will tell you that there are many different ways that you can get to God. That is fake news. It's false. There is only one way to God. As a matter of fact, I kind of had this thought, I've got, my, uh, I've got my cell phone here, come on now, and I took it out of the case only for this illustration because of the value of the iPhone, it shall go back into the case at the end of this sermon. Can I get a witness? There's only one way to reach this cell phone, 
And you got to have my phone number to do it. Uh, you can go all day, every day, dialing every number that your mind can think of, but you will never be able to reach this phone unless you have my direct line. Does that make sense? And the same would be true when you talk about a relationship with God. There's only one way to get to God, and that is through accepting his son, Jesus Christ. So the bad news is, is that life is full of trouble. The fake news is that there are many ways that we can get to God. Don't buy into that lie. There is only one way to get to the Father. Jesus said this in John 14, I am the only way. Can I get an amen right there? I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way. And God knew that. That's why a couple thousand years ago, God sent his one and his only begotten son to be born so that you and I could have, watch this, direct access to the Father in heaven. We could pick up God on the main line. Can I get a witness? Now, life is not all bad news. And life is not all fake news. In the midst of all of the challenges, in the midst of all the stuff, in the midst of all the, the trials and the trouble, there is some really, really good news. And this is the part of the message that I want to talk on for a few minutes. And I pray that this part is good enough to erase the bad news and good enough to eradicate all the fake news. Does that make sense? Let me show you the Christmas story through the Gospel of Luke, beginning in chapter 2. And here is the good news. There were these shepherds. They were living out in the fields nearby. They were keeping watch over the flocks at night. And this angel of the Lord appeared to them. I, I don't know why I've been thinking about this in preparation of tonight, but do you believe in angels? I don't know if you've ever experienced an angel or seen an angel, but, or maybe you've even seen like a cute little cherub at Valentine type of angel, but there is this understanding of, of angelic beings and their, their power and their statue that can be quite overwhelming and the angel of the Lord appeared to them the glory of the Lord shone around them and, and these these guys they were a little bit afraid and so the angel said to them and kind of brought this uh, peace of mind do not be afraid because I bring you let's say these two big words highlighted bolded all capitalized on the count of three you ready one two three good news I bring you good news and what will the good news cause great joy and who is it for all people for today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. I don't know what kind of bad news has infiltrated your life and family. I don't know what kind of fake news maybe you bought into, but this is the best news. This is the good news that a savior has been born. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. Verse 12, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. I know you saw this a moment ago, but I want to make sure you know that there is good news. Life is not all bad news. Life is not all fake news. There is some really good news. And the good news, which is the gospel, the good news, which is the purpose of Christmas, the good news will cause this great joy that will overwhelm you and help you overcome all the bad news. And it is available for all people. Let me give you a little bit of an understanding of the good news. 
This might seem a little elementary and maybe a little simple. That's on purpose. The good news is this, three thoughts. Number one, God loves you. I don't know who needed to hear that on Christmas Eve 2020, but God loves you. He's crazy about you. Listen to me, God, God's not angry at you. God's not, God's not mad at you. God's not looking down from heaven trying to figure out a way to punish you. And, and maybe this year and years past, it kind of feels like that way. Like, God, perhaps you could pick on like one of the other 7 billion people on the planet. But God's not upset with you. God is crazy about you. God is in love with you. And I know that because that's the purpose of this whole Christmas story. When I think about Christmas, I understand and see Christmas as God's way of saying I love you and showing you how much he loves you. And here's the thing, whenever you read scripture, you learn, and not just when you read scripture, but the more intimate you become with God, you understand that he doesn't just have love, he is love. Love is his character, love is his nature. I thought about how tomorrow when we wake up as a family, Kimberly is going to be expecting a gift from me, and I'm gonna tell her, I don't have a gift, I am your gift, come on. And she's going to say, it ain't going to work like that, bud. You better give me a gift. Walgreens best be open. God doesn't just have love. God is love. It is his character and his nature. Everything that God does is based out of love. And for some of you, you've bought into bad news and fake news. That God is angry at you. God's out to get you. God is working on some maniacal plan to punish you and to harm you and to beat you down. And I know... Sometimes it feels like when it rains, it, yeah, you've been there too. There's so many verses, though, that back up this idea of God saying and showing how much he loves you. But my heart was so turned to what the prophet Isaiah recorded in chapter 54 of the book of Isaiah. And it starts off by saying this, the mountains and the hills may crumble. Hello, 2020. The whole world is falling apart. Doesn't it feel that way? Uh, let, me, let me give you another translation that I think would help you to understand this without taking this scripture out of context. When the whole world falls flat, when the whole world comes crashing down, you've been there and I've been there. Watch this. The Lord says, my love for you will never end. Wow, come on. That no matter what happens in this life that you live, my love for you will never end, and I will forever keep my promise. And here it is. It is a beautiful promise of peace. And who says all this? It's the Lord who loves you. And I don't know who this is for, but I believe it's for somebody. You need to know that God created you so that he could love you. And I'll tell you one thing I've learned about God. He loves you on your good days as much as he loves you on your bad days. <laughs> I've had some bad days. God loves you when you feel it, and God loves you when you do not feel it. God loves you when you think you deserve it, and he loves you when you realize you don't. God's love for you is never-ending, and there is nothing you could do that would ever be able to make God stop loving you. Now, are there consequences for our decisions? Yeah, absolutely. Another sermon for another day. The point of this is that no matter what you've done or what you will do, 
God will continue to love you. And many of you sitting here tonight or watching online or maybe this message gets archived on YouTube and in six or nine months from now, you pull it up, listen to me. You feel like God doesn't love me. Look at my life. Look at the mess I'm in. Look at the pain I'm in. Look at the, the, con the, like the choices that I've made and the consequences of that choice. There is no way that God loves me, but you need to know something. God's love for you is not based on what you do or what you do not do. God's love for you is based on who he is. And guess who he is? He is a God of love. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. He loves you. He's crazy about you. He's got a beautiful plan for you. Don't buy into the fake news and the bad news that God's not wild about you. Romans 8 talks about this. I'm going to summarize about five verses here for you tonight. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? On the count of three, everybody at both locations, online as well, you can type it out in the chat feature. I want you to shout the word nothing. One, two, three, nothing. Come on, can you do better than that? One, two, three, nothing. Nothing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. And how is that revealed? It's revealed to you on Christmas. That God loved you so much that he took on the form of mankind. He was born of a virgin, an old stable, lived a sinless life, was crucified on an old rugged cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, and three days later up from the grave, he arose. God loves you. Can you put your hands together right there? Come on now, church, if you believe it. Come on, somebody accept the love of God a little louder. Come on. A couple more thoughts. God doesn't just love you, though. God is with you. God loves you, but God is with you. This is a, this is a new perspective to hang on to. See, Jesus never promised that life would be easy, but Jesus did promise that you would never have to be alone. Jesus never said that there would not come a storm, but he did promise that he would be in the middle of the storm with you. Can somebody testify to that truth? Uh, the, the perspective of the Christmas story in the book of Matthew is this, that the virgin will conceive, give birth to a son, and they're going to name him or call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And can I tell you that God not only loves you, but God is with you. God's with you in the bad stuff, and God's with you in the good stuff. God's always there. And I'm going to preface my next statement with this thought. I am not against Christmas gifts. Family, listen to me. I'm not against Christmas gifts, and I'm not against Santa Claus. In the morning, my kids are going to wake up, and they're going to be excited to see what jolly old Saint Nick brought. Come on now. I'm not against Amazon Prime. We literally have stock, I feel like, in Amazon Prime. But listen to me. I think that we've commercialized Christmas to the point that we feel like Christmas is about presents when really Christmas is about presents. Oh, y'all didn't catch that, did you? You got to go to college to get thoughts like that. <laughs> yeah, we've made it all about gifts and presents. But really, Christmas is all about the presence of God, that he's omnipresent, that he's everywhere all of the time. I don't know if you remember the old poem of Footprints in the Sand. I'm not going to quote it to you, but if you don't know it, you should Google it. Come on. 
But even when we think that we're by ourselves and we look back and we only see one set of footprints in the sand, it's not because God has left us. It's because God has picked us up and he's carried us to the deepest, darkest, most difficult times. God is always with you. And I don't know who needs to be reminded of that, but he has seen every tear and he has heard every cry and he knows every pain and he is with you and he's with you because he loves you. Now, i got to go through these pretty quickly, but I'm going to give you five different verses in the Bible that prove that God is with us and that Christmas really is all about presence. Come on. Hebrews says it like this. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Uh, That's a challenge for some of you that have felt or experienced abandonment. Maybe, Maybe, pardon me, an earthly father has walked out on you, but your heavenly father, he ain't walking out says, I'll never leave you. I'll, I'll never abandon you. Another verse in Proverbs 15.3 says that the eyes of the Lord are everywhere. He's keeping watch on the evil and the good. His eyes, are, his eyes are all over. Jeremiah records it this way. Who can play hide and seek with God? Who, who can hide from God? The Lord says, do I not fill all of heaven? And do I not fill up all of earth? Psalm says it like this. The psalmist David in 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Here's a familiar one. Isaiah 41.10 says this. Do not fear because I am what? I'm with you. I love this verse. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. And every time I read Isaiah 41 verse 10, I always have this thought in my mind. And I hope that it's an encouragement to you because... I love it because when God is near, you don't have to fear. You know what? I I don't know what 2021 brings. I do know this. There's going to be some good news. There's going to be some bad news. But because God is with you, because God loves you, you do not have to walk into a new year terrified of what the new year might bring. I am confident of this, that God loves me. God is with me and that he'll hold my hand every step of the way. Come on, can you thank God for that? That's true, isn't it? Say this after me. Say, I want you to make it personal. Ready? Say, God loves me. God is with me. And here's the third thought. God is for me. He is your champion. If, if, if God were a cheerleader, he'd have pom-poms in heaven. Say, come on, go, let's go, let's rock and roll, you got this. God is not just a corner man, he's your cornerstone. God is for you. He's, he's not against you, and this is so similar to understanding that God loves you, but see, the enemy wants you to feel guilt of the choices and the mistakes and the heartache and the pain and all of the bad news of life because guilt is what separates us from God. But on this Christmas Eve, I just want to remind you that God, he's for you and he loves you and he's never going to let you go. When I think about John three sixteen, that God so loved the world, he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever would just, all you got to do is believe in him, accept him, you'll have eternal 
everlasting life. But don't stop there. There's another powerful verse, and it's the very next one. And it says, God, God didn't send his son into this world, and God didn't send his son into your world to condemn you. God doesn't work under condemnation. He works with conviction. Condemnation only comes from the enemy, beating you down for the choices you've made. That's not God. Now, there is a day, listen to me, that we will all stand before our maker. And on that day, we will be held accountable. But God sent his son, Jesus, Emmanuel, because he loves you, to be with you and to show you that he's for you. So God sent his son to this world to save the world. God didn't send his son to scold us. No, God sent his son to save us, to save us. And I want to tell you that tonight. Stop fighting all of the guilt and all of the pain thinking that God doesn't love you, that God is against you, and that God isn't for you. That is fake news. And if you keep living that life, your life will be full of bad news. But if you buy into the good news, and it's simple, let's not overcomplicate this thing. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He's with you. And he'll hold your hand. and He'll stay close by your side. And if you know that God is for you, I'm telling you, this next year and the years to come will be the greatest years of your life because you understand that Christmas really is about presence. Let me give you this question. I always like to close with one. So do you know this? Do you know that he loves you? Do you you know that he's with you? Do you know that he's for you? If not, don't go to sleep tonight on this Christmas Eve without accepting the greatest gift. And Maybe some of you, you've accepted Christ before, but... Because of life and all the bad news, you've kind of drifted away. Why don't you come back tonight? Come back into a relationship with God and watch him do something new and fresh in your life. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to give you 30 seconds here. It's the music's playing at both campuses online. And I want you to consider this question. Do you know that God loves you? Do you know that God is with you? Do you know that God is for you? Thank you, Jesus.